pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bringing a whole new attitude to your afternoon. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, two dudes talking sports. Well, wait, listen to those two clowns. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. It's a vibe, good? It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show! That's right. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. And we're coming to you live from the corner of 6th and Market, beautiful downtown Canton. 55 degrees, Kenny. And I'd rather be here. I figured it out. Then on press row at the Super Bowl, because there's a lot of interviews that people just don't want to hear. We've got you covered with great interviews today. We are packed with great interviews. Brad Sellers, former Wisconsin Badger, Ohio State Buckeye, as well as nine years in the NBA. And JT, I don't know if you knew this about Brad Sellers. He's a champion for Arius BC. He's Greek. He's a Greek. Yeah, but he's also, Opa. isn't he still the mayor of like Warrensville Heights? He is. He's Mr. A mayor. We got another mayor on the show. That's right. See, so that's Brad what I'm Sellers. talking about right there. He's on the postgame show for the Cavs on the Cavs Audioverse. He will join us at 3.30 to talk about Cleveland not making any moves, yep. seven-game winning streak, mm-hmm. and the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. You realize this will be the third mayor to join us on the Kenny and JT show. It's a political that's show it. now. It is. It's a hat trick of mayors is what we're having for you today. Uh, Chad Brown, who is a former Steeler, a former Seahawks linebacker, and uh, other teams in the NFL for 15 years, going to join us to preview Super Bowl 58 between the Niners and the Chiefs. Our guy, Dan Belford, going to talk some high school hoops with us, along with the head coach from the Green Bulldogs, Mark Kinsley. They have a huge game tomorrow hosting Mm -hmm. the McKinley Bulldogs. So we've got a great show lined up for you today between now and 7 o'clock this evening. Cavaliers, tough win last night. We didn't expect it to be that close. But again, uh, you expect certain things like this when you're on the road so many times and they're playing again tonight, man. These guys got to be. I said it last week. I sound like a broken record. They got to be whipped a little bit. But you go on the road, you take on the Washington Wizards, you come out ahead 114 to 106. Game was tight the entire time. Cavaliers, yeah. an 11 and a half point favorite. They didn't cover, but it's more important to start, keep stocking up those wins. Here's the thing about last night's game, and I'm pissed at myself for this. Why? The Cavaliers at least won the game. Forget about the spread. They found a way to win Mm -hmm. because in my four-team parlay last night, the homestanding Sacramento Kings took on the worst team in the NBA, (laughs) the Detroit Pistons, and all I needed the Kings to do was win on the money line, right? That's all. I didn't bet the points. Just win on the money line. They lost by like 13 points to the worst team in basketball, so kudos to the Cavs for finding a way to win. And you said something yesterday during the program, too. Watch the rosters in some of these games. And Boyan Bogdanovich didn't even play for the Pistons. So arguably their best scorer didn't even play in that game. And they still won. 
That's why I bet them, because I figured he'd be a trade commodity, and they wouldn't play him, and they don't have anybody. Some dude scored 19 points in the fourth quarter for the Pistons last night right. uh, and led them to the upset victory, and it cost me $70 last night, as I could have cashed out, but I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to cash out. I'm not going to get 60 instead of 70. I'll take my full 70, mm-hmm. because they're going to lose. The Pistons sink. stink. Well, uh, the only good thing was it was a protected bet, and I have another day to re-bet Oh, the, thank the goodness. That I, yeah, because yeah, so we're I'll all worried about that. how much you're winning or losing. <laughs> no one's going to be able to sleep tonight. If you lose another bet to the Pistons, I won't be able to sleep for a week. I'm not betting on Sacramento the rest <laughs> of the year. Screw Mike Brown and the Kings. Thank you for nothing. My wait till I see him yeah. and tell him that. Yeah, yeah, he'll sure. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Probably. But the Cavaliers... They don't look like they made any uh, deals here. I'm looking uh, at Chris Fedor right now just yeah. to see if anything went in before the 3 o'clock trade deadline uh, that is getting looked at paperwork-wise. Uh, Cavs did not make a deal ahead of the deadline. Sources tell Cleveland.com, and Kobe Altman will speak with the media mm-hmm. at the bottom of the hour, and we'll have it at some point in the show today to hear why they didn't make a deal. Well, one of the deals we thought we might be able to see is maybe a Royce O'Neal go to the Cavaliers from Brooklyn. Right. He ends up going to where? The Phoenix Suns. Is that where he ended up? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I, I'm trying to keep up with all the moves that were made uh, on ESPN. I'll so give go you ahead. a couple of the big ones. Uh, all right. Patrick Beverly goes from the 76ers to the Bucks, and they need him because he's a good defensive player. But again, he doesn't get along well with Dame Lillard, and I don't know if Dame Lillard gets along with anyone. But we'll okay. see how that works out for them. We know they need defense. O'Neal goes to the Suns. Um, we had a couple of moves here and there from the Hornets and I believe Washington again. The big one was actually the Knicks. They get Bogdanovich yeah. and Burks from the Pistons. But then again, when you figure out the fact that the Pistons only won, what, seven or eight games? What good does that Seven, make them? No. You know, Bogdanovich, I think he averaged somewhere around 20 to 22 points a night. He's not giving you that in, in the Knicks. But what he will give you is a thir- a shooter, and he makes that bench bona fide. It makes that team look better. 76ers made more moves, too, and it's just unbelievable that when you consider the fact that you woke up or maybe saw that the Knicks and the Sixers made deals and the Cavaliers stood pat, it was kind of a head-scratcher, but then again, Cavaliers already made their deals. They made their deals this offseason, before the season started. Not making deals just to make deals, man. Well, here's what you have to keep an eye on now for the Cavaliers. A lot of players that were either traded or weren't traded, JT, will Mm -hmm. be bought out and waived. So the Cavaliers have two roster spots available. So... I think they will find somebody that has either been dealt to a team and then is going to get cut or a player that was supposed to get traded didn't, and they're just Mm going to waive him. I'll I'll give you an example here. Do you have an interest in Joe Harris, former Cavalier, right? No, no, I have Sam Sam Merrill now. Okay, I'm just, hey. He was, he was, and we remember that he was a good shooter, but now all of a sudden he's been a journeyman that tells me that nobody really puts that much stock into him, and if he becomes free and wasn't tradable, it, it, it even lessens his value to me. He's 6'6", okay? He's 32 years old. He only averaged two points a game this year for the, the Detroit Pistons, but they are going mm-hmm. to uh, wave him, cut him, and uh, he has declined in four straight years from 
five straight years mm-hmm. from 14 points down to two. Don't so maybe mm-hmm. uh, he's damaged goods. I don't. But he's a you know that's a type of player who has some experience. Maybe you think in your system you can revitalize his career. That's a type of player the Cavaliers will yeah. look to sign in free agency yeah. to fill out their roster. I don't think I need any projects right now. I need Tristan to come back. I need to stay healthy. 76ers well, they're going to pick deal. up somebody, JT. They have two roster spots. 76ers so they're going to add two rosters. 76ers pick up Buddy Heald as the big trade today. And yeah. that, that didn't make sense to me coming from the Indianapolis Pacers because it looked as though they were making moves before the end of the cherry deadline, and they bring in some other players. And what's the guys they brought in from uh, the Raptors early on? They made the trade with uh, Pascal Siakam. They bring okay. in Siakam. So I'm wondering, why are you breaking this team up and trading Buddy Heald and making another team in the East stronger? Might be for salary cap and tax purposes, right? And if he's in the final year of his contract, you wanted something mm-hmm, back maybe. in return for him, as well as getting underneath the uh, luxury tax, which saves you a lot of money, allows you to do more things in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So, a- again, some of these moves are made to make your team better. Some of these moves are made to improve, improve your lottery chances, in other words, tanking. And other moves are made strictly for monetary reasons with the salary cap in mind. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But the Cavaliers, yeah, they're, they're standing pat right now. We had Chris Fedor on the show yesterday. He said, hey, they like Dean Wade. Uh, they don't uh, want to trade him. They didn't. I wasn't a big, you know, a proponent uh, of Dean Wade uh, staying with this team. I would have uh, taken Royce O'Neal over him. But, hey, uh, who's to argue with them right now? They are, what, 15-1 and one in their last 16 yeah. games, and they're very deep. So. You look at the moves that the other teams in the East have made, and I'm not saying that they're they're trailing the Cavaliers. They are trailing them in the standings right now because Cavaliers are number yeah. two in the East. Uh, nobody's going to catch Boston right now, but I think it gives the Knicks a really good shot. But again, the Knicks have had, what, three or four players uh, since the season started, which tells you they weren't happy with their team starting off the season as maybe the Cavaliers were. Now, the Cavaliers took 25 games to really get rolling. And then over the last 24 they're 20 and 4. You look at this team and say, yeah, there might be a couple of spots at the end of the bench, but no matter who they sign, whether it's a free agent or not, isn't going to be logging that many minutes, and obviously they like the team that they have now. They feel they're as as they need to be and will add one to two more, you know, players to the open roster spots. And they'll get Tristan Thompson back at some point. Uh, I don't know how many games it's been already that he's been suspended. Uh, but they'll get him back at some point, and they feel they'll go to battle. Uh, according to Chris Fedor, the players were saying in the locker room after the win last night, we don't need anybody. We like our team the way it is. We like this locker room, the culture, and, and the, the way things are going, going, so no reason to upset the apple cart. And so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if um, it was the right move not it's to fine. make a move by Kobe. It's Obi-Wan. fine, and you look at the trade deadline, you always wonder, and you keep your fingers crossed, and here's a guy I might like, here's another guy I don't like, but like I said, no guarantees that a guy gets traded to your team and makes you immediately better or a contender to win a championship. I think the team that improved themselves the most today was the New York Knicks. Getting Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Alec Burks is a, is a nice role player. Alec Burks is a good three-point shooter. He brings some length, uh, but he's you know a little long in the tooth now. He's 6'5 at the point guard mm-hmm. slash shooting guard position. He's 32. 
um, averaging 12 points per game and right. can shoot it from beyond the arc at 40%. So he's a nice addition along with Bogdanovich to the New York. No, League. that team, again, it shows you that they needed defensive help and they needed some bench help and some scoring coming off the bench. Same as Milwaukee needs defensive help and more help at point guard. But it, it's amazing when you when you really think and you consider what's going on in the league and especially with the Knicks, they've got the injury bug now. They've got Julius Randle out. I think Anna Newby has, has been uh, he's been banged up as well. I don't know how many games he's about to miss or is missing, but he's been banged up too. So you've got to strengthen that bench in New York. And let's face it, you and I both agree that we probably consider the Knicks still maybe as good, maybe better than the Cavaliers. I mean, in the back of our mind, we're not better than them until we beat them, right? Right. I'm with you on that 100%. If it's a head-to-head matchup, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! And last year, the Knicks were the man, 4-1. to one. They beat the Cavs. So until we beat them, I will give them a slight advantage based on their physicality if, JT, if they're 100%, right? Right. If they're healthy. Right now, they're banged up. I like the Cavs' chances mm-hmm. against this banged-up version of the Knicks right now. Right. But come postseason time, we'll see which team is the healthiest. Right. Without a dominant... Uh, Joel Embiid at the 76ers, I'm not sweating them either. Okay. I, I mean, you've got to have that presence there because there's nobody on the Cavaliers team that can truly match up against him. You can maybe wear him down throughout a game, but we've seen this dude. I mean, he's an MVP for a reason, right? Right. Nobody's shutting down Joel Embiid. The only person shutting him down is himself when he gets injured or has knee surgery. He was having a historical statistical season before this injury. He, he was putting up numbers uh, the likes of Wilt Chamberlain, you know, for, for a big man. So, yeah, th- this uh, the Sixers, how far do they fall, right? What, where do right. they end up? Now, I will say this. This would be the Cavs' luck, right? Cavaliers end up either second or third, and the Sixers fall in the standings, and they get Joel Embiid back, right. and the first-round matchup with him back is Philadelphia right. and Cleveland. That would be the Cavs' luck, right? right? Because if they didn't have bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck sure. at all. So, um, you know, that that's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, when you look at the standings right now, Cavalier, JT, that's seven in a row last night. Mm-hmm. They had an eight-game winning streak prior to right. that. So one loss in between those games, 15-1 and one in their last 16. And right now they are a full game ahead of Milwaukee right. and the Knicks for the second seed. And if I look in the division now and update this, they're a full game ahead of the Bucks in the division as well. So there's 33 games remaining. How many games do you play in a month, do you think? Well, the month of 15. March is absolutely loaded, dude. Let's see. 4, 8, 11, 15. They play 17 games okay. in the month of March. So what I'm trying to envision here is if Embiid yeah. loses two months of the season, yeah. the regular season is basically over. So you would expect that Joel Embiid doesn't play again for the remainder of the regular season, probably, right? Probably. Or okay. close to it. That What they would like is to try and get him back maybe for that last week, week and a half, okay. just to get him into some games and get him into the game shape. So as long as the Cavaliers stay about where they're at, second or third, I don't know that you really are worried about the 76ers. And it's it's amazing to say that because even if he does come back, we don't know that he'll be playing the probably the same way he started this season, you would imagine. But he's still a beast. He, he is. So, well, well, let's worry about that uh, right. uh, situation when it occurs, should it occur uh, later in the year. How many times do we play Philly 
Uh, the rest, I thought we beat him. Did, did. We beat him once already. What do you play? Everybody in these, what, four times? It's four, isn't it? Uh, oh, gosh, I don't. Some you play four, some you play three, I think it is. Um, and Philadelphia, we have a game at home against Philly at the end of March, and then we have them right after the All-Star break. So we'll play them twice, once for sure without Embiid, and then depending on when he comes back, maybe once with him in uh, the end of March. So, uh, yeah, but the the biggest name uh, to be dealt today is uh, Bogdanovich and, and Buddy Heald. Those are the two mm-hmm. biggest names, and Heald is known as a three-point sni- you know, sniper. That, mm-hmm. That's his uh, role. So the Sixers near the bottom of the uh, standings as far as three-point shots made. Uh, that's why they go out and get him. I'm surprised they didn't get a center to replace uh, Joel Embiid, but they may, be, they may know of a center who's going to get True. traded, bought out, released, and they'll pick him up in free agency, and that way they don't have to give up any draft picks. Well, look, man, if a team like the Knicks can play with Hartenstein in the center, then they yeah. can go find a backup somewhere else that's at least that good to take over the position at the 76ers. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, the the rest of the – well, there is a little bit more NBA news. They announced the slam dunk competition competitors today. Uh, Mac McClung, the G League uh, kid who won mm-hmm. it last year, he'll be back to defend his title. Jalen Brown of the Celtics. Uh, Jamie Hawkes here from Miami, the rookie. And Jacob Toppin from the Knicks. Yeah, see, uh, there's, what, two guys you know and two you don't know. Those are your uh, slam dunk competition competitors. And then your three-point shootout competitors are Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Lowry Markinen, Donovan Mitchell. The two guys that were traded for each other will, uh, you know, go at each other maybe in the three-point contest. Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young, those are your three-point contestants. It's a firepower there. Yeah. The three's better than the dunk contest, right? Absolutely. That's the way the game is being played, though. You know, yep. we, we look at it and say, we need more stars in a dunk contest. They don't want to be in it. But they all want to be in the three-point shooting contest. The less chance of getting injured, right? And I know teams, I've talked to general managers over the years that have had uh, you know contestants in the dunk competition. Right. They worry about their guys getting hurt trying fine. to do too much. Which is fine. But where would you rather have the bragging rights as compared to the way the game is being played? A dunk yeah. is fine. It's great for the crowd. They get up on their feet. But you know what? When a guy like Sam Merrill hits three threes and then comes down the floor and they space him out, he hits that fourth three. That yeah. arena goes berserk. Yeah, they go nuts for the stuff. They do. Like that. And uh, he did not get an invite. Chris Fedor sent that out. But if uh, there's somebody that gets could he? injured or, um, you know, maybe withdrawals for whatever reason, we'll see if Sam Merrill uh, gets a late invite uh, on that because he's been a breath of fresh air coming off the bench mm-hmm. for the Cavaliers and he can stroke it from distance. So uh, we'll talk to Brad Sellers about the, this season so far for the Cavaliers. He does the postgame show with Mike Snyder, does a great job. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that and uh, no trade being made and being a Greek league champion back yeah, in 1991. That? That, that may be the highlight mm-hmm. of his career. Uh, so we'll get into that with him. Um, did you also see the latest from the Cleveland Browns and the search for a new site for a potential new stadium well, today. I was reading into that, trying to figure out whether or not they wanted to make, let's face it, what are they doing at Progressive Field? They're tearing that sucker apart, right? They're making it more yep. fan-friendly, and I thought maybe they might want to do the same type of thing to Cleveland Brown Stadium. I have no idea, and they really haven't given you an answer. Uh, they're still weighing all options, it seems. 
Could they move? Yes, somewhere else in Northeast Ohio. I got news for you. If they depend, if they decide to move, they're going to have to relocate. And the only place I can figure that they would go would be Ohio Stadium. If they decide to move, unless they stay in the stadium while they're building another right. one. Let, let me, yeah, I was just going to enlighten you on that. Their lease is through 2028, so they will play at Cleveland Brown Stadium through 2028. But the reason this is coming up now, JT, is this gives them four years to build on a new site if they elect to not remodel the stadium or build down there on the lakefront. And the report is that they are interested in buying 176 acres of land in Brook Park, Ohio, uh, the old wow. Ford plant near the airport. Sure. So now he- here's the thing. Is this just a threat to Mayor Bibb in Cleveland to say, hey, if you don't help us out here, right, we are going to you know, build a stadium outside of the city of Cleveland, go to Brook Park, and we'll maintain everything. It'll be ours. And I'm wondering if this is to put pressure on the city of Cleveland to help out with Mayor Bibb and company, uh, and the Haslams are known to do that. Don't know that, because Mayor Bibb might want that piece of property lakefront, because how many times we okay. heard they still want to redevelop there? I mean, you're talking about a stadium, sure, it's got 66,000 people when they fill it. How many times are they filling it? Eight times for a football game, maybe a Billy Joel concert once a year. So you're you're talking about using a facility maybe a dozen, a handful of times throughout the course of a year. Right, right. Unless, you know, maybe they could redevelop that area, put some shopping, some shops, put some restaurants, whatever they had envisioned into it. I don't know. So maybe he's telling the Haslams, you guys need to put more stuff here or do more. Th- I don't know. Yeah, Daryl Ryder, who we've had on the show on a regular basis, right? He wrote a good article today, uh, and you can follow Daryl at R-U-I-T-E-R, writer, wrong fan. And I just um, liked and reposted his story on Twitter, so you can go to my page as well, The Kenny Rota. If you want to read more about this, JT, uh, there was a statement made by the Browns organization uh, to their fans and to anybody who has interest in this, and I'll just read a, a little bit of it. It says, we've been clear on how complex future stadium planning can be. One certainty is our commitment to greatly improving our fan experience while also creating a transformative and lasting impact to benefit all of Northeast Ohio. We understand the magnitude of opportunity with a stadium project intent on driving more large-scale events, like you were just pointing out, to our region and are methodically looking at every possibility. So that means the potential of moving from downtown Cleveland and buying land and putting up a stadium uh, in Brook Park or wherever they might buy land. So this is something to keep an eye on now. Chris Easterling wrote an article in the Akron Beacon Journal, too. You can check it out there, Daryl Riders um, and all of that. So uh, the Browns, uh, Jimmy Haslam, he hasn't become a millionaire um, by not taking chances, right? Millionaire? Or, or excuse me, billionaire yeah, yeah. by not taking chances. And maybe not pushing the envelope a little bit or his company breaking a law or two here. You know what I mean? They've taken chances and they've strong armed some people over the years. So this might be another business uh, approach to getting what he wants uh, versus what maybe the city yeah. of Cleveland wants. Who knows? Right. Um, uh, if they do build another one, let's hope they build a dome, right? That, a least, dome is needed. At least a roof. Ohio. At least something to block out some of the weather. 
You know, you don't have to build it a dome. I mean, a dome is a dome. We get that. But there are, there are facilities like what they have in L.A. That's not a dome, but there's a roof on it. Give me something that can block the elements out completely. I don't care if it's a dome or a retractable roof or whatever it is. Fine. In Ohio, for the, the weather that we deal with in November, December, January, should you ever have a playoff game in, in uh, Cleveland, build some type of roof protection well, so you can close it when you have to. There goes your advantage if you're looking for an advantage from the elements. But again... This comes down to brass tacks and how much money does it cost you to make a buck. If you're going to build a new stadium, you're going to build a new dome, whatever it is, now you've got a a place where you can have all kinds of other things, concerts, truck pools, rodeos, whatever. But you need a facility that's large enough to really attract places, people, more games. Maybe, dare I say, a Super Bowl. If they played one in Detroit, the only thing missing from Cleveland was what? It was a casino. They have a casino now. So you, you have no reason why you can't attract people. you got the Women's Final Four there. you have the Republican right. National Convention there. There's yep. uh, another type of uh, triathlon coming to Cleveland, I believe, next summer. There's a lot of major things that can happen there. You've had World Series games there. You've had All-Star games there. Why not a Super Bowl? But you've got to make it somewhere that it can't be outdoors in February. Right, right. Do you realize this? We've talked about the one side of this on the show. Cleveland, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Houston have never played in the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Cleveland is the only city to never host a Super Bowl. Jacksonville has. Houston has. Mm-hmm. Detroit has, right? Right. Cleveland, of those four, is the only one to never mm-hmm. play in or never host a Super Detroit Bowl. Detroit would have never something... had one if they didn't have a casino. That. True, but now there is a casino. Gambling is legal in Ohio, and maybe that's why the Haslams are thinking, let's move, buy some land, build a new stadium with a dome on it so we can host a Super Bowl and other events inside a dome stadium. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some Cavs basketball. Why? Because they're the hottest team in the NBA. They're a lot of fun. They won again last night, seven in a row. Former NBA player Brad Sellers, now with the Cavs Radio Network, joins us when we return. 